start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm gonna smoke. It's him. You can look at the horns when he's dead. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh, when they lose their front shoulders, yeah, you start, yeah, that's how you know. What's going on, guys? Um, I didn't come prepared. Really, this this whole podcast is just in shambles because I didn't know the episode. Nick just told me it's 148, so enjoy this 148th I'm, installment. I'm thinking maybe we'll just start dropping that. Just just no more episode. We're just yeah. Gonna, just is another. Like, inst- I think we should just call it. Welcome we get, to another installment. Once we hit 150, then I'm just throwing it out the window. I don't care what episode it is. There's just so many to keep track of. We could do that. Yeah. All right. After 150, they're no longer numbered. You guys just enjoy them all, and it's it is the Deer Camp series, but we're we're slacking. Yeah, we're which we we kind of dropped the ball. We have um, a guy that we need to bring in. Yes, that shot a really nice buck. Yes, um, just haven't been able to line up the schedules yet. Yes, but. so we apologize. You're not getting a deer kill story for the first time in three years during season, which I think is a pretty good run. Yeah, I think you guys can be all right with that. Every dog has his day. You know? Yes, and today is our bad dog day. And at that, we're going to shut the podcast down after this episode. It's been great. Yeah, and uh, I think we just decided we're going to talk about baseball tonight. We're all big baseball fans, so big time. You know, I'm a I'm a tribe guy till I die. They're not the tribe anymore. They are till he dies. And you know, they lost a heartbreaker game five of the division series yeah. to the Yankees. You hate to see it. You do, but I tell you what, at the beginning of the year. Uh, Statcaster, whoever ESP analysis gave him like a two percent chance. I think it was seven and a half percent. Don't church it up. Still seven and a half percent chance of making the postseason. Yeah, and then to go to Game Five in the, in the division, division series against the Bronx Bombers, not bad, not bad at all. And they are the youngest team. In yeah, baseball. what's their like average age? Like twenty four or something like that. Yeah, it's young. That's like yeah. us going out there and playing. They had, I'm I think, actually than, the average. We're older than that average. Yeah, I'm four years older than the average. Yeah, I'm they two had, years. I want to say, twelve uh, debuters, rookie debuts this year. Yeah, that's insane. So I think good things are coming out of Cleveland in the years to come. So no doubt, no doubt. And uh, we're not actually going to talk about baseball the whole time. We're going to do a little season update. So we're still going to be on deer hunting. Uh, we've all had. Kind of slow seasons. I we talked about my bad luck. I had a miss the other day. Do we do so, we want to just kind of do a round table and just do like a season update that yeah, way? Yeah. So why don't you? You're already on yours. So why don't you just get into it? Yeah. So that was up in New York. I had that heart opening day. Yeah. Our opening. Our opening. Yeah. It was actually the second day, but it was our first day hunting up there, and it was a freaking cake shot. It was easy. Twenty five yards. He was broadside, right there, looking the other way, money shot, and I just. Dropped my arm to watch him, watch that arrow go right in behind the crease, and I dropped a little too soon, and it was it was it was dumb. It was a real dumb decision on my part, and uh, you know you live and you learn. That's my first miss with a bow, so 
Don't expect it's it again. It's a heartbreaker. Don't expect it again. And other than that, I've had a, a really slow season in PA. I've been doing a lot of ground hunting. Mm. Um, I've only been in a stand one time in PA. Are you? What are you sitting on? Nothing. Just standing? Yep. Or I'll sit on a log, you know, whatever's right there. I've been, because we've talked before, uh, the property that I hunt the most, where I have most of my good bucks, uh, it got pretty much clear cut. There's very few trees left. Are you aware of the uh, chair um, locking portion of your stand? Yeah. So you could use that. I could, yes, but I just haven't for whatever reason. I, I feel like it would be kind of tough just because there's tops and shit everywhere. Um just lets you get a little chair. Yeah. But the I set up in one spot a couple times. It's just a freaking sweet setup. Just the way the um, tops the tops are. There's like some tops behind me and some undergrowth coming up. So I can just kind of see through that undergrowth. And I'm completely hidden until the deer's like just past me. And it's close quarters. It'll be It's like a 10-yard shot. And... I figured I, since I messed up in New York, I better keep it nice and close so I don't mess up again. But I've, I've been loving the ground hunting. I've, I killed one deer on the ground years ago, uh, with a bow, but I wasn't hunting. I was walking in and just happened happened to have a doe jump in front of me and she let me knock an arrow and put one in her. So I don't really count that. Um, Mm. it's not the same, but I've been really hitting it hard and i didn't even really plan on that so much this year i was just kind of walking in one day with my mobile setup to just find a spot because there's so few trees left anymore um i was like just kind of wandering around like where am i gonna be able to set up because one there's so few trees to put a stand in and two if you find a tree to put one in there's no cover around you it's you're on telephone poles out there so as i'm walking around looking around i'm like yeah, that looks like a kind of a decent spot to hide out in. And I was just kind of sitting there. It's kind of adapting to the property, really. Yeah, and honestly, I wasn't even really planning on doing it at that point either. I just kind of sat down to think about it a little bit and put a game plan together. And as I'm sitting there, I just kind of adjusted myself to where I was sitting. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to sit here this evening. And that first evening, I could have killed a small buck it was legal but it wasn't anything what you're after yeah so i let him walk i could have killed a couple of does um so i've it's been a lot of fun so far adapting like you said adapting to that property and changing that part and learning a new aspect of bow hunting because we've been doing it for so long it seems like you you've got your game refined Mm -hmm. so it's cool to try something new and add another facet to hunting and making it even a little bit more difficult a yeah. lot more difficult really i mean i've always been fascinated with the idea of ground hunting uh when you and i went to ohio mm-hmm. uh, i set up um basically there was like a cornfield that was still up in the end of january and i tucked myself into that pricker bush and it mm-hmm. was i mean i didn't have a doe tag but i had that doe walk yeah. inside 10 yards from me never mm-hmm. saw me there and it was just ever since then i've been fascinated with it mm-hmm. um i haven't really ground hunted since then i mean i've been there's been a few times um that i've set up my stand literally like didn't even use a stick just like put it there so i mean i don't yeah. know if that's considered ground hunting i mean i, I'm, I would consider I'm like that. two You're, feet off the ground yeah, it's one but, step yeah you could stand on a log and be in the same position that's true um but i just typically i just i usually elevate myself mm-hmm. um 
but it's always been interesting to me. Yeah, and I've always found it interesting. It's just never something I've really done. But now with that property being the way it is, it's forced, very yeah. conducive to ground hunting. And it just makes life a lot easier to hunt that property because it gives you more options because you have so few with trees. But it makes life a lot harder because you're on the ground. You're right eye level with the deer and you're bow hunting. So it's it's tough. And I don't want to do it out of a blind. I want to be out, you know, make it even and more nature's difficult. blind. Yeah, nature's blind. Exactly. I always wanted to get a turkey with a bow from the ground without a blind. Yeah, that would be sweet. So I've had a, a pretty slow season thus far. I've, like I said, I've had plenty of opportunities to kill things, but it's just not exactly what I want other than that buck that I missed up in New York. And, you know, that's, it happens. You, you hunt long enough, it's going to happen. Yeah. So that's been my season so far. Pretty slow and mildly disheartening, but, you know, usually those seasons kick up a notch and I, I, I feel it. I'm going to kill a giant buck for sure. Real soon. I, I'm, I, I hope, hope so. You, I hope you do. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> um, my season's been pretty similar to yours in the aspect of low action. Um, uh, my cameras really haven't started to pick up like I was expecting them to at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've still been going out f- four to five days a week usually, it seems. Uh, I've been trying to get out at every opportunity I can. Yeah. And um, I've seen few bucks but uh, i've only had one in range and um pile of does i've seen i see does almost every time i hunt and mm-hmm. i did shoot one doe earlier that we talked about yeah. uh, but that that stands kind of a, or i guess i don't even have a stand there i just hang it as i go mm-hmm. i should put a stand there with how often i hunt it yeah um, but it, it's pretty much a gimme like if i bet 50 dollars every year on if i'll kill a doe out of that stand i'd probably be up yeah like it's I both the last two years, I told Tom, hey, I'm going to go shoot a doe tonight out of my, my honey hole. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right. And sure enough, that's what happens. Yeah. I, we have a stand similar to that on a different piece of property that my dad and I lease. And it's the same way. It's If you want to go kill a doe, go sit there. And I would say seven times out of ten, you're going to kill something. And same thing, two years in a row, I texted my dad. I said, get ready to drag something out tonight because I'm going to go to that spot. And we call it the meat stand. It's If you want to put meat in the freezer, that's, that's a good name. That's where you're going because it's, it's a sure thing. That's awesome. What's yeah. so funny? Nothing. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just, I, and I've, I've talked about it many times on the podcast. I just, I like going out and shooting a doe early season just to. Shake the dust yep, off. Yep. Just, you know, practice a little bit. And uh, now I'm out of a doe tag. I am strictly buck hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, I even tonight, I don't know, depending on where you're living, uh, when we recorded tonight was terrible Shitty. weather. It was bad. So basically. I was hoping, because we had, we've had snow the past two evenings. Including and, tonight. Yeah. And as soon as it gets to the, like light hours, it turns to rain and it's just shitty and nasty mm-hmm. and just hasn't been good. But I think with that stopping... It's supposed to warm up a little bit, and we're about to have the new moon coming, so I think it's going to get real hot. Yeah, so I, I remember, so us three were texting today, you know, trying to figure out, you know, we're podcasting tonight, what time are we podcasting, and I'm looking out my window at work, and it's just Shit. snowing, and I'm like, <laughs> it's like that wet, heavy oh, yeah. snow. I'm like, man, that looks like not weather I want to sit in for a couple hours, but mm. then, like, I had this bug in my ear telling me, you should probably go tonight. Yeah. And I tried fighting that 
Well, and, we, and when you get those fronts that move in, a lot of times, even though it's shitty weather, it kicks up deer movement. Oh yeah, and so I, I talked myself into going, and uh, I sat the entire time I was in the woods. It was that really heavy snow. Uh, I got soaked. I was freezing, and then right at the like last half hour, it turned to rain. And then by the time I got back to my truck, it was done raining. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Figures. Yeah. But, uh, it, I mean, I saw three doe, and I was only on stand for two hours, mm-hmm. if that's what I mean. It wasn't too – I mean, I don't feel like it was a wasted hunt. What no. time did they come out? Uh, like 5.45, 6 o'clock. Oh, right after you got on yeah, stand. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I was on stand for maybe 10, 15 minutes. I love um, that. I was – I mean, I, I got excited. I was like – all right. It's going to be a good night. Well, I made like, the right one, choice. One came out, and she's looking behind her, and then boom, another one comes out, and she's looking behind her, and boom, another one comes out. All three of them are looking back. I'm like, all right, you know, what's what's coming? And they kept, the entire time they worked through the food plot, they kept looking back, and I'm like, man, there's got to be comes. something. Here it comes. It's got to be coming. And then, you know, they meandered off, um, and nothing ever came out after that. Mm-hmm. But I do want to say real quick, our turnips are ungodly big. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're huge. You hunt that stand, it stinks. It smells yeah. like cabbage. <laughs> yeah, it does. But I, I was walking in, and there's one specifically as you're walking in. I'm not kidding you. This turnip is like, like a pumpkin. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. That's wild. Yeah, I almost wanted to pick it. Want to eat it? But you should. Um, should have brought it here. We could have shared it. Yeah. But it I, I actually, I love a good sold. turnip. I love when I walk in. I love hunting food plots for that reason. I just walk in, grab a turnip or a radish, and munch on that for a while. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I, I've seen, so I guess I've seen three bucks or three like racked bucks. Like yeah, I've seen, spikes. I've yeah. seen a bunch of spikes and stuff, but yeah, I've seen same. three, three bucks that have like a cage. Have some shape. Um, one of them was in PA and two were in New York. Um, and the one in PA was tiny. Didn't, didn't really get me excited at all. It was mm-hmm. kind of like, Oh, cool. You know, that was something that was, to look at. Yeah. Uh, and then both the bucks um, that I saw in New York were shooters. Just never gave me an opportunity to, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I, they never got inside eighty yards. Yeah. Um, but it was. I mean, I was still excited. You know, I seen a lot of deer that night. But uh, season's early. Um, yeah, I'm, I've still got. They're gonna start kicking up the rut activity. I've got another week and a half of work, and then I'm off for a week to nice. uh, or nine days. Um, Tom and I. I don't. I don't know if we've mentioned this on the I don't podcast. Think you so. Have. Tom and I, um, since both of us graduated college, we started, um, we are kind of our traditions. We take the same week off and we just hunt mm-hmm. sun up, sun down for nine days in a row. We just the old rutcation, we call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or but, what do we call it? The yeah, four day rut. Yeah. So typically we call it rutcation mm-hmm. and we spend the entire time up at one farm. Yeah. Um, but in the past two years, Tom and I have noticed that our cameras are really lively at all three places we hunt mm-hmm. that week. Yeah. And so we're kind of this year, we're, we're like Tom said, we're calling it tour day rut. So basically we got nine days. We're going to do three, three and three. Okay. Um, and basically we're going to hunt three days, hunt three days, hunt three days. Mm-hmm. Um, with just some little bit of traveling in between. I mean, it's at most, it's going to be a two hour travel because yeah. one farm, you know, is home and then 45 minutes away and then three hours. So it's really not, yeah. too big of a deal. Um, but I'm really excited for that. You know, I, I've never killed a November buck and with my luck, the first, or I guess the, the first three days of our tour day rut are actually October. 
It's 29, 30, so 31st. Yeah, I'm going to kill one in the first three days of Tour de Rut, <laughs> and I still won't get my November buck. Still, but, it's tough to complain about that. No, I won't complain about it. Uh, my first archery buck was killed on Halloween, so that's always been a sentimental day to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think since I've been probably 15, I have not missed a Halloween hunt unless it's on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, well, you've still probably been in New York. Yeah, I probably it. was still up in New York. But, uh, yeah, my first archery buck, Halloween, and I just, I don't know, everybody seems like Halloween's just the night. Yeah. Everybody, you got to be in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so that's pretty much the way my season's been so far. It's been slow, but I think it's, I'm considering it foreplay. You know, there's yeah. going to be, there's a lot of build up, and we're going to explode into something big. Yeah, and between the two of you hunting nine days in a row, you, you're going to come back with, Multiple deer, no doubt about it. I hope so. That's the my plan. plan. My plan, I wanted to put three bucks on the ground this year. I've, I've done two a handful of times. I've done That's, two a couple of times. I did two two years in a row. That is a hefty glass to drink. Yeah, that is. Well, I uh, screwed my pooch. Let me say, I guess we can roll this Already, right into yours. Yeah, so unlike Nick and Frank, I've had a very eventful buck hunting season. Opening day, I passed up. Uh, what would be, I meant to ask you that, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but you talked about a couple weeks ago, how you wanted to set up on that one spot is, did you go there? Is that where you saw that buck the first day you wanted to jump in on the bedding, like get real close? No, he didn't. Yes. Oh, oh I, you know, I did see a buck. Yeah. But you didn't see the not, one you're talking about. No, not the one. So that buck, we haven't had him on camera yet. Last year, there was a buck living right where this stand is, and I never seen him. Nick's had a few encounters with three. him. Three. Three. And Nick's saying he was a mid-130s to 148, just a giant. Just a tank. Never had him on a single camera. No, I have one pic. I, I believe I have one picture of him growing because I got a picture of a buck in early June already out past his ears mm-hmm. um, with the start of tines to make an eight. Um but that's the only picture I've gotten of him. Yeah, so I did not see that buck. Who knows? I don't know if he's if he got shot last year. If he, yeah, if he's around, poached if out he's there. Not. Yeah, um, but opening morning, I hunted that spot where that buck was living last year at this time, and I saw the the best buck we had on the farm at this time, and he's a he would be a really nice buck, but he's broken or didn't grow he's just a big seven he's probably 17 inches wide mm-hmm. tall decently heavy um just really a, a a nice buck but just not one not quite there for opening day i don't i don't i don't think i'd shoot him even at the last day he's mm-hmm. just not not quite what we're looking even for. if he came in like grunting and like just hot and heavy begging yeah. you to i shoot mean just him. i don't i don't know game time decision (laughs) so i had him at 15 yards gave him the pass and then the evening hunt i went to my my go-to early archery season spot call it don's food plot and i had the second biggest buck on the farm at that time at 20 yards and this one he was a no doubt shooter if both sides were the same if his one side grew equal to the other, he'd probably be a 120 inch eight. I mean, he's a nice buck. He would be like 18 inches wide, Mm -hmm. uh, really tall tines, 
but uh, he's just got one one big side with four on it, and then a spike and a brow tine on That's the other. The best. Yeah. So he was just out there teasing me. I'm like, yo, <laughs> driving me nuts. Should so, shoot him just on principle. Yeah, but I, I'm hoping he makes it to next year. I'm hoping everyone else has my mindset of. Yeah, I I could never shoot a half rack. Or yeah. Even he's not a half rack. He's got a little bit, but I could I couldn't do it. Yeah, so I'm hoping everyone has that plan. They pass him up, and then next year he grows both a full side on. You know. He'll be if he grows a full side, he's going to be an absolute unit next year. Yeah, because he's already a big deer. Mm-hmm. And so I passed him up, and I I, st- I almost wonder if it's it could be that one from last year. No, probably not. But, so this one's not the one you saw was heavy, and you said he had nine inch brow tines. Not this, quite nine, but yeah, they were very noticeable. Very, yeah, I would say over six conservatively. Yeah. So this one, he only had probably three inch dog killers. Mm-hmm. Not super heavy, just a, just a, your nice buck. Yeah, standard eighteen inch wide eight, just a, a dandy looking deer. Um, so passed him up. And I think I saw four other bucks that night, and I stopped counting doe at 20. So it was it was a productive hunt. And then I've hunted that stand a couple more times, seen pile of doe, uh, some smaller bucks. Just nothing really to get excited about. And then I actually I hunted, this was last week, I hunted out at my grandpa's and had a 16-inch wide eight-point, just a really nice, I think he was a two-year-old, come in, had him at like 10 yards, and gave him the pass. I mean, he was a good-looking deer, but young. I think he just needs mm-hmm. one more year. Yeah. He'll be ready to roll. And then that takes me to this past weekend. Oof. Yeah. Oof. So went to Benazette Friday night and stayed there Friday night. Saturday and into Sunday morning. Saw a bunch of elk, heard some bugling. It was a great time. Fighting. Cool. I've never gone had, down there for, and watched the elk. We had them oh, fighting right yeah, in our campsite. Yeah, I mean, we had three bulls. One of them was, what, 10 yards from us? Really? If that. Yeah, it was I mean, I, I got pictures of, I mean, it's stupid. And we weren't trying to get that close. We were chilling by a campfire. And then they next thing you know, he's up. just right there. Well, like, you could Whoa. smell him and he stunk. <laughs> then rolling in a wallow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they're rutting right now. So yeah. Oh yeah, I mean they were fighting. Like, the fighting was happening inside thirty yards from the yeah. fire. Like it was right. <laughs> they there. give a good push. They're ending up in the fire pit. Yeah. yeah. The one went up and was smelling Ken's camper. Really? Yeah, like the back, the spare tire on the back. Yeah, mm-hmm. had his nose right, right on it. So, left Benazette Sunday morning, and got home about three o'clock and. Me and Nick are like, you know, we got we got time to get up to Climber. I was just itching. For an evening hunt. Yeah. So we're like, yep, let's do it. So we get up there, and Nick goes to one food plot, I go to the other, and we're probably, what, 150 yards apart? Yeah, 150 to 200, somewhere in there. So I'm on stand, and it's about 6 o'clock, and these three doe pop out. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a good night. Wind's perfect. Do you want to you tell our story parallel? Like at the same what, what he's seeing, what you're seeing. Yeah. Because it kind of plays together. Yeah, sure. So you're talking six o'clock? Yeah. Okay, so at six o'clock, I've got two does in the food plot as well, down by me. And then I guess I saw it first. So yeah. 
right around, it's actually, I have the text, 6.07, I see uh, Doe get kind of pushed down the hill by a buck. Mm -hmm. And the buck's at maybe 90 to 100 yards from me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, quarter after 6 is 6.07, somewhere in there shortly after 6 o'clock. He's like 100 yards, and I can just see tines. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, that's got to be a pretty good buck. You know, it's low light through the woods. Yeah. And I can just see a cage seed tines. I'm like, okay, that's, that's Something a good buck. At, yeah. So he gets down to the trail and it's like, I know at this time he's got to be hungry. He's coming for food. Mm-hmm. He's either going to come to me or he's going to go to Tom and he gets to the trail and he's just standing there. I'm like, please, Which just, way you go. please just come to me. Like, <laughs> let's just do this. And, uh, as luck would have it, he takes a hard left and works his way over to Tom. So I'll let Tom pick the story up from there. So I'm watching these doe out in the food plot, and they're kind of right out in front of me, and I hear a stick snap on right at the trail edge, mm-hmm. and turn around, peek my head over, and I see tines. And I saw them, and I'm like, shooter, mm-hmm. no doubt. That's the best. Like As soon as your eyes fall on him, you're like, oh, my God, he, that's the one. That's Yeah, so... And he's just over there dilly-dallying. And he's putting his head down, eating. He's letting you get excited. Yeah, and there's three doe out there, and he wants nothing to do with these doe. He's just doing his thing, eating. And he starts working his way towards me. I'm like, okay, here we go. And as soon as I saw this deer, I had my lane picked out where I was going to shoot him. I had my release clipped onto the string. I'm positioned right at that lane so as soon as he gets in there all i just gotta draw back when he mm-hmm. isn't looking and it's gonna well, be over one of the beautiful things about the food plot you're in and I, i'm sure we've talked about it but just to give people reference where we're at um when we put this one in we strategically left three bushes through the center of the food plot so it yeah. guarantees opportunities to draw yeah and i think the that tree you're in doesn't have much cover so you just especially eat. after the logging yeah you used to have decent cover now like almost you're basically none. facing almost away from the food plot yeah. and you shoot like back towards it. So the tree blocks you, but you, it gives you three opportunities to draw based yeah. on those trees. So he starts working right towards my lane and I'm like, this is, is going to be perfect. And he gets dead center of my lane. He's 25 yards broadside and puts his head down to eat. And I draw back on him. And Nick has been saying how he's been watching videos where you're not it's not your best interest to shoot a deer with their head down mm-hmm. so and it's because they're they're already got a low center of gravity they can take they, they can, can take throw off. their head up to la- launch their shoulders towards the ground mm-hmm. um, yeah. so i was conscious of this and so he put his head down to feed i'm like perfect especially when you start getting out that 25 30 yeah beyond, like the further out the more important that this yeah. is so i drew back on him when his head was down and waited for him to pick his head up. And when I'm shooting a deer, what I like to do is I go right up the leg, you know, right mm-hmm. on the shoulder. And then I get halfway up the chest and drop back about six inches. Mm-hmm. So that right way, the center I, of rib cage. yes, right center of the rib cage. That way, I'm if I'm forward, I still have room to mm-hmm. a little bit of room for air, so I don't hit the shoulder blade. Mm-hmm. If I'm back, I can still catch the liver. Mm-hmm. If I'm high or low, I'm still going to be good. So I draw back on him, and I go right up that crease 
behind his front shoulder. And for whatever reason, my mind said, you need to tuck that arrow right behind his front shoulder. Mm -hmm. And so I touched the release off, you know, as right on the edge of that front shoulder and freaking drilled it right in the front shoulder. I was an inch off my mark, but mm -hmm. that was enough. Yeah. So I shoot. And as soon as I shot, I was like, what, what are you doing? Like, why mm. did you do that? Yeah. And he took off running and I could see pretty much the, the whole arrow sticking yeah. out of his shoulder. And he ran about 60 yards, got to the bottom of the hill and then just walked up the hill. Would stop every once in a while, look around, take a few leaps and get back into a walk. And mm -hmm. I watched him walk well well out of sight couple hundred yards mm -hmm. and i'm like oh, i'm not feeling good at this point yeah and so i get down collect myself you know nick comes over we assess the situation i tell him what i could tell in your voice that you weren't thrilled with the shot i watched the buck run off too seeing the arrow sticking out of it and i'm like mm -hmm. oof so we gave it a little over an hour and we went back in and we actually had a decent amount of blood. It Which wasn't, is kind of common with a shoulder hit. Yeah, it wasn't like pin drop, pin drop, pin drop. I mean, we were having, you know, piles of blood. And I'm kind of think starting to get a little bit encouraged. Like, okay, there's a lot of blood here. I'm mm -hmm. not having any trouble finding it, you know. Um, and we tracked and tracked. We went over 300 yards and... Arrow was in him the whole time. Never found the arrow. Um, we marked last blood. We tracked for probably three hours. Marked last blood and said, you know, we'll we'll come back in the morning when it's daylight. Because where we were at, there was tops and prickers mm -hmm. and ferns, and it was it was nasty. Syrup lines. Yeah, and with it's dark and you just got a flashlight. I mean, mm -hmm. it's tough. So. We back out. I didn't want to push him. I wasn't. I didn't know if I had enough penetration to. Mm -hmm. I know I didn't get both lungs. I yeah. Because if and, I would have got both lungs, it wouldn't have been yeah. It would have been far. a done deal. And it uh, was super crunchy in the woods. Like it was super loud. And no, at no point did we feel like we bumped anything. Mm -hmm. There was no beds. We didn't hear any crashing away from us. Right, like it was. We just got to a point where we were like you know, lost blood and we're like, okay, time to back out. Mm -hmm. So we called it quits about midnight. We started tracking it, I think eight o'clock and we well, tracked till midnight. So, well, okay. So I guess if we only went a couple hundred yards, it sounds like, well, geez, how good of a blood trail was it? But I do want to clarify Tom and I were on good blood and at some point, I don't know how it happened. Um, just because you're staring at the ground the entire time we ended up circling and following the blood trail back. And we didn't realize it until we pretty much got all the way back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, just because there's so many tops. And the logging just got done. So we're not as familiar with this hillside as we used to be. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just, all your landmarks are gone. Yeah, it, it just, it, it's, you can get disoriented in there very quickly. And next thing we knew, we got turned around. We were back at the beginning. So then we started over. And mm -hmm. that's why we were in there for four hours. Uh, is because basically got twisted around. Yeah, we did yeah. it twice. Um, but yeah, we the second time we got further than 
we did the first time. I don't know exactly where we got spun around or how we got spun around, but we made it to a point that we didn't make it to the previous trek. Mm -hmm. So that's where we kind of backed out, went in the next day, and there was still some blood left, um, but it's leaves are falling a lot right now. Mm-hmm. So new leaves falling kind of covers things up. We did get a little bit of rain. Um, so we, we never picked up new blood again, but we had four guys and we grid searched that whole hillside for 400 more. We each walked over from, two, or we each walked over two miles. Yeah. From where last blood was. So mm-hmm. we, I mean, I, I think if that deer was dead laying on the hillside, we would have found them. Mm-hmm. And I've many times one lung hit deer can and will survive. Mm-hmm. It just I'm, I'm honestly at this point hoping that I got into the shoulder blade and not. I, well, in those rages that you know they expand two and a half inches, that's tough to get through a shoulder blade. A yeah. regular broadhead's tough to get through a shoulder blade and get all your penetration, but when you open up two and a half inches yeah we've always said on the podcast tom and i both really like rage but both of us have admitted that on marginal shots that's that's where their weakness is yeah um which that's why i always try to go center of the rib cage but i like i because a rib bone is not going to affect your rage no I, i i blew through four rib bones on my doe and it blew right through i'm sure i'll ask myself why i did that for a yeah. long time. I mm-hmm. just, I, every deer I've ever shot with a bow, center of the ribs. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, Decided I got to change it up. Right, tucked it right behind the front shoulder and touched the release. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know a lot of people go for that shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but your margin of error is shrunken way down. And I, I don't, that's why I always go for middle of the lungs instead of mm-hmm. that top of the heart double mm-hmm. lung. Yeah, so again, like with my miss, that's one of those things you hunt long enough, it's it's going to happen. It's inevitable. It but, sucks. Uh, it doesn't make it sting any less, but Yeah, it's it's going to hurt when it happens, but, but it's, uh, I can guarantee you from here on out I'm going to be going yeah. center of the rib cage. Yeah, no more tucking up close to the shoulder. That, and I I aim the same way you do. I, I don't I, I've see, done it every time. I don't I don't know. see any reason to tuck it. I still I don't see a reason either, and I I don't know why I decided mm-hmm. to touch the release when I was where I was at. I just, I mean, because I know a lot of people that, oh, you know, you got to shoot for the heart, got to shoot for the heart. And for me personally, I don't think a lung shot is any less lethal than a, a heart shot. No. And why would I aim at a baseball when I can aim at a basketball? Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah. Um, and I will argue that point forever. Yep. I just, I, I don't mm-hmm. see any reason not to. Yeah, well, that really solidified that for me yeah definitely so it sucks when it happens but and even at 25 yards he i mean you could have hit right where you were aiming but with a little bit of a shoulder drop i mean that's all it takes Mm -hmm. and that and that's why typically we you don't aim there Mm -hmm. um it just it it sucks when it happens but um yeah i think it's he where i mean because the shoulder blade it's it's kind of there to protect that heart and lungs area. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, where I was aiming is, is is stupid on my part, but it's only an inch or two below mm-hmm. the shoulder yeah. blade. 
But I mean, I think it's important to talk about these things on the podcast too, well, because they do happen. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people shy away from stuff that does. You know, it's not the picture perfect hunting scenario, but guess what? It happens to people all the time. Yeah, it's. And I mean, it's it takes a lot to admit it um, on both your guys' end, and and I've not since the podcast has happened, but I've I've had misses. I've I've wounded a deer before. I've, I actually on the same property, Tom did this. I hit. A, I had a shoulder hit. That mm-hmm. same scenario. Good blood. Good blood. Good blood. Lost blood. Never found the deer. Yeah, I had a um, shoulder hit one time years ago. I was probably sixteen, maybe seventeen, and same thing. I. It starts I, off promising. You got cherry yeah. red, well, bubbly I, blood. I knew when it happened. I knew that I hit the shoulder blade, and it was the same thing. Like I, as soon but as the I blood, let the arrow go, it's like, damn it! Like I, that's not what I wanted, and. You know, it's, it happens. It happens to the best of us. It happens, you know, you, it doesn't happen often to us, but it, we've all had the scenario play out. So it's something that is worth talking about and learning from for sure. Yeah, it's, it's important. Mm-hmm. You know, we hope that, and, and it is, you know, in the, in the years we've been doing this and in, even in our statistics of bow hunting, our kill shots way outweigh those oh, no from doubt. happening, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's what it is. One miss and one wounded deer in my time, and it sucks when it happens. But I've got you one hunt long enough, and that you know, that's actually there's what so I, many different things that can happen or go wrong or go right, and usually things go right, but there's always a chance for it to go the other way. Yeah, since since I started archery hunting, I've yeah, I've got one clean miss and one shoulder shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a an oops with a crossbow when I was ten. Mm-hmm. Um, or not, or ten or eleven. I don't know. It was I was young, mm-hmm. uh, but with a compound, I you know I, it happens. It sucks, mm-hmm. and I I I have a broadhead stuck in a tree by my favorite stand um, from my miss that is a constant Haunt reminder you all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and every time I hunt that stand, I I walk Stare by and it. I look at that broadhead and never again. Yeah, don't do that. And that that was off of just a misjudge of yardage. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I am the first one to admit, and Tom knows I suck at it, it, uh, <laughs> guessing yardage. Yeah. I'm terrible. Um, and the year that I did that, I lost my rangefinder. And still to this day, don't know what happened to that rangefinder. It's probably sitting by a tree somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so I guessed yardage, and I was way off. Shot right underneath this thing. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Now I, I do not leave the truck or like to hunt without a uh, rangefinder. Mm-hmm. See, I'm but. pretty good with judging range. Cause I used to hunt with my grandpa a lot and he would make me guess yardage. Mm-hmm. I'd just be sitting in the tree and be like, how far is that tree? Mm-hmm. And I'd guess, and he'd pull up the rangefinder. You're and, not even close. You're an idiot. You suck. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> so I got, I mean, inside of 50 uh, yards, I, I'm probably within three yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do that all the time sitting in the woods, you know, there's not really a lot going on. I'll just look out and pick a spot that's, you know, I typically keep it within my circle. Yeah. Wherever I'm going to be shooting. And I look at a spot and I'm like, okay, how far is that? And I take a guess and I pull my rangefinder out. It helps a lot to go. I do that. But the problem is I'm, I, it, it's You're not taking enough notes apparently. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll be like, oh, that looks like that's probably about 25. And I look at it and it's like, oh, that's 16. Oof. <laughs> like, Oof. Like, so I tell you what, my uncle John, um, on his farm, one of my favorite things he did. So he had 
like three tree stands he like built you know Mm -hmm. those were his the only places he hunted and as he got older it was even down to just one Mm -hmm. but what he would do every year is he would walk out and he would paint 20 on a tree (laughs) paint 30 on it like he had it just in spray paint this tree is 30 yards this tree is 20 yards like and it was just (laughs) it was really nice especially um as a young hunter yeah. growing up to see that those things like you know mm-hmm. i just uh, growing up at you know 10 11 12 years old sitting with my uncle or my dad or my grandpa mm-hmm. seeing just the number out there it was actually mm-hmm. a really helpful tool mm-hmm. but yeah mm-hmm. well that's our season so far yeah so yeah. it's gonna pick up for sure we're we'll get that other guy on here that we were talking about that killed a nice buck we'll so we're, we'll be back. That's on. a cool story how that all played out too. Yeah, I didn't know the story. Was I talking to you? Yeah, or Tom? I told you. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I had no clue. So it it'll be a cool story to have. Hopefully next week we'll get him on here, and uh, we got an Alaska recap to do here soon, and hopefully some monster bucks. There will be down. monster bucks coming down the pipe. For sure. um, I know one of the guys that's been on the podcast a few times, our buddy Keith. Uh, he's on a couple really nice deer. Mm-hmm. Um, our buddy Luke, I haven't talked to him yet, but he's always actually. Speaking of, Luke just killed a sicka. Did he? Yeah. Nice a cow. He killed, um, he killed one. What? Three two, or four? Years, two years ago. Two years. Um, but yeah, he just just yesterday I think killed a sicka cow. That's sweet. Um, I've always wanted to get into that. It's just yeah, totally di- different. Miniature elk. Yeah. <laughs> Very miniature elk. Very miniature. <laughs> They're like a coyote-sized elk. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just kind. Of, it'd be a, a fun little hunt. Yeah. The only problem is, is it's like in october and it's like white tail sicka yeah Yeah. Uh, i would do it for a full-size elk but yeah but um yeah but i guess on that note um i hope you guys' season is going better than ours (laughs) and Um, we need to be getting outside (laughs) yeah so good luck to the rest of your guys' season uh stay tuned we got more episodes coming down the bank or coming down the hole i guess whatever you want to call it it's coming it's coming down the pipe uh (laughs) (laughs) On that note, just make sure you guys are just still getting outside.